Happy Feast Day of the Visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Anywhere that Mary visits, <laughs> she brings blessings. Amen. That's what the Bible says, that when Mary came into the house, uh, the house was blessed. Just like the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, wherever the Ark of the Covenant came, was brought into, that place also received blessings. My name is Jess Romero. I am on duty. Terry, what about you? Yes, I'm on duty, brother, and I'm excited about being a Catholic in these confused times. Yes, I'm even excited among that time because you know what? Our Lord is counting on all of us with our prayers and offering of our sacrifices for the salvation of souls in such a way that it brings everybody into this. Jess, today's show, you got some great sound bites from all kinds of great people like Cardinal Alrenzi. Oh my gosh, it's an amazing YouTube clip. You got to see it about regarding pro-life and pro-abortion politicians and what to do with them. <laughs> he nailed it. And then, of course, we're going to cover, you know, the House Speaker finally is denied Holy Communion. What's that all about? Why did it take so long? And also focusing on uh, the whole issue of encouraging other bishops to stand up now and and uh, stand up for denying anyone, whether they're politicians or any person who says they're for killing unborn babies. And then, just this little clip that you've got about fewer and fewer children are growing up with two married parents in a household. When you hear the statistics on this, it really hurts because St. John Paul II said it back in 94 in his letter to the families. The way the family goes is the way the culture goes. We're in deep trouble when it comes to the family. Also, Terry, by the way, this is this has always been the communist and the Mark, the Masons... Uh, the plot is is to the destruction of the That's family. That's right. They've been doing. Yes, they yeah. said Bo- it that way, Jess. Yeah, both of them. Uh, they're both bedfellows. Yes, and they both ide- ideologically they're both aligned with each other, and they both serve Satan. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're dealing with, Terry. It's, it's 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 a diabolical attack on the family coming from Marxists and Masons. And you know, Father Chad Ripperger's spiritual warfare question about uh, com- uh, com- uh, communists is right in for our show too. And this is going to be a great show. I, I wanted to give you a little update about what happened with Father Don Calloway over the weekend with us. But before we get into all of this, and also, I've got some great news from Montana. Yes, Montana's looking really nice to live now. But uh, yeah. all, these, all these states that are not populated very well, they seem to be more conservative. Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> all right, brother, let's get some soul food in us for the feast today. Visitation yep. of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Today's feast day yep. is up. Today's gospel reading is... Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 56. For If you're a Catholic, you're going to recognize this as, oh, that's where the, the, the prayer of the Magnificat came from. <laughs> so it's, it's something that Catholics have been praying for hundreds of years, but it's, it's, it's right in Scripture. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at that moment the sound of your, of your greeting reached my ears. The infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, and here's her. And by the way, this this demonstrates that Mary knew her Bible very well because this sounds very reminiscent, very similar <laughs> to Hannah's prayer in the Old Testament. Very similar. Yep. 
So Mary, Our Lady was steeped in the Old Testament. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him. In every generation, he has shown the strength in his, of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy. Notice, uh, uh, this is uh, the second time that uh, he men- our, uh, our Lady mentions mercy in right. this prayer. Right. The promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Close quote. Mary remained with her, with her about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So if, if people, I asked the Protestant one day, what's the, what's the overarching theme of our Lord Jesus Christ? He says, well, of course, it's, it's mercy. It's, you know, it's, 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 you know, his favor, his mercy, his pity on us. I said, mm-hmm. okay, good, good answer. Then I asked the Protestant pastor, I said, who's the first disciple in the New Testament to preach the <laughs> mercy of God? He goes, hmm, let me think about it. Mm. So he's you know, giving out names, Peter. I said, no, 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 no. I said, the first person <laughs> to give the Old Testament message that's steeped in the, you know, yeah. uh, the mercy of God endures forever 26 times in Psalm 136. The first person to preach about the character of God, which is that God is mercy, was his mother. Exactly. In the Magnificat. And this Protestant says, he was blown away. He's a pastor. He says, whoa, Jess, you just taught me something. He goes, I never knew that. She was the first disciple to preach yep. the message that came from the Davidic Psalms that God is a God of mercy. Yep. Wow. You know, Jesse, I I see that all the time with our Protestant brothers that if you're, you know, you're willing to discuss Scripture and you know your Catholic faith, they're blown away by the things the church has taught from day one, and it does open their eyes to the faith. All right, Jess, let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now. Oh, Sheen ahead. Bishop Sheen about the missions. And boy, there's a mission going on right now. We need it. He says, "May and this is with Pentecost Sunday coming up on this coming Sunday. May the Holy Spirit teach us that the world is on our back as the Christ as the cross was on the back of Christ. Wow. Christ did not die for our parish or our diocese. He died for all mankind. Sometimes, Jesse, I think when I read something like that, we've kind of forgot that there's a great need to go out and preach the repentance and the gospel of repentance and salvation. It seems sometimes that we've, in the last 50 years, I've noticed in my lifetime where we just kind of assume everybody is going to get in, so there's no need to preach the gospel because God understands everyone. And and this is really a huge mistake, universal salvation. And I want to recommend Ralph Martin's book, if you go and get that book about we'll all be saved. No. And this is something that can really mess us up, Jess, in the sense of evangelization. So I want to bring that up, that yes, they need to hear the gospel. And, you know, when we had that Amazon Senate and the guy that, the priest who spent 50 years there and he was involved in the Senate, and he said, I haven't baptized anybody in 50 years and he was bragging. That's the kind of attitude that needs to get out. All right, brother. I'm, hey, Jess. Yeah, that's a, that's a disgrace. Disgusting. 
Let me just mention uh, real quick a good, a good news file. Ba bathroom protection. Yeah, where's that, Jess? Republican government Kevin Stitt of Oklahoma Oakland, signed into yeah. law Wednesday a bill that requires students in public schools to use bathrooms that align with their biological sex. Well, yeah, common sense. Any others? Because I got another one, Jeff. Yeah, the bill also applies to locker rooms. <clears throat> of uh, course. Stitt, the governor Stitt said the new law was nothing but common sense, adding that it was crazy that any such law would need to be passed today. Also, uh, Moderna trashes vaxes. Moderna CEO Stephane Bansell this week lamented the company's big demand problem. <laughs> After having produced millions of COVID-19 shots that no one wanted, yeah. it's sad to say, he said, I'm in the process of throwing 30 million doses into the garbage because nobody wants them, awesome. said the CEO of Moderna, Bansell. He told an audience at the World Economic Forum that Moderna has reached out to numerous countries for contracts only to be rebuffed. Uh, the issue in many countries is that many people don't want the vaccines. Another need to know file. Cops wrong to wait. Texas DPS Director Stephen McGraw admitted that police officers were wrong to wait for tactical backup for 40 minutes before charging into Uvalde Elementary School to take down an active shooter. Yep. Of course, it was not the right decision, said McGraw. Every officer lines up, stacks up, goes and finds where the rounds are and being fired at. And keeps shooting until the subject is dead, period. So I'm, I'm glad they admitted that it was absolutely oh, yeah. wrong. Pro-abortion violence continues. Pro-abortion activists have continually made threats and committed acts of violence and, and uh, vandalism. Since it was first revealed that the Supreme Court is poised to overturn Roe versus Wade, a number of pro-life and Catholic properties have been firebombed or otherwise damaged. One of the slogans found spray-painted at the scenes of such crimes is, quote, if abortions aren't safe, you aren't either. Oh, Lastly... Yeah. Drug official forcibly hospitalized Dr. Jeffrey Siegel, director of the Office of Drug Evaluation Sciences in the Food and Drug Administration, was handcuffed and forcibly hospitalized for mental disorder at 3 a.m. on May 9th. Hmm. The mysterious event has spurred concerns that Dr. Siegel, whose role in the Biden administration is to evaluate the safety of drugs. Unbelievable. He is unfit for the duty of making national public health decisions. Terry. You think? Oh, my. Uh, That's how messed up we are. Here's another good news story. Montana God. will no longer let transgenders change their birth certificates. Says the surgery can't change sex. You know, Jesse, you know, 50 years ago, if someone would have told me we were going to talk about this, I'd say, come on. You're crazy. The world went nuts. Well, guess what? It did. Also, more damage to the Catholic Church's historic tabernacle was stolen from the Brooklyn Church. Consecrated hosts thrown all over the altar. In addition, the statues of angels on each side of the tabernacle were decapitated and destroyed. This is over at St. Augustine's Catholic Church in Brooklyn. Jess, this is why, and I really mean this, people get mad at me, but we really do need to start protecting our churches. Uh, men need to take an honor of I mean, let's face it, we need to protect the Eucharist. We need to protect people getting worse. And when I come back, I'm going to tell a quick story what happened just right here in the San Gabriel Valley where people were attacking the church. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Jess, we're back, and I just wanted to mention, we talked about the tabernacle being stolen from a church in New York. 
You know this parish, St. Joseph's in Pomona, where we have our spiritual warfare conference? Father Steve Gitron. You got it. Good. Pa- it was your pastor for many years, brother. Holy, holy priest. All right. I mentioned what happened, Jess. Why don't you share with the, our guys the name of that group that uh, came to St. Joseph's and made threats to the parishioners that they were going to be killed? And uh, who are they with? Yeah, the group is called. I wasn't there, obviously. Yet. You're no, the one that told I, me about yeah, it. I like the way you describe things, Jess. Yeah, but they're they're called the the Black Hebrew Israelites. Yep. The the Black Hebrew Israelites, and uh, they're Terry. They're a Marxist group of of black racists. Yep. Is what they are. You know, you got white racists, you got Hispanic racists. These are black racists, uh, and they they really have it in for Christianity in general. They uh, if you've never seen them, they're called the Black Israelites. Yep. Uh, or the Black Hebrew Israelites. Excuse me. Hebrew. Yep. Yeah, and uh, so essentially they believe that they're descendants of the ancient Israelites in the Old Testament. Uh, they, they believe that they're the, the true Israelites. Remember the the, the tribes, the, the, the ten tribes were lost. I think it was like, like in 700, uh, 700 B.C. at the time of the Assyrian conquest. Yep. And about ten of the tribes, the northern tribes, they were never found. The black Hebrew Israelites, they believe that they are the lost tribes of Israel. Unbelievable. Uh, but, they're, they're, and they, but, but they say also that uh, you'll find a lot of them, they have very Marxist and very racist tendencies, especially oh, yeah. against the Catholic Church. The, uh, the ADA, which is you know, the anti-defamation you know, league put out by the Jews, they put out a statement on the black Israelites and uh, it says, uh, the black Hebrew Israelites are outspoken, anti-Semites, and racist. It should be emphasized that the extremist group, uh, unrelated to the black Jews and the Jews of color in the U.S., uh, they, they should not be confused with Ethiopian Jews either. These, uh, these are anti-Semitic black Hebrew Israelites. They assert that white people are agents of Satan. <laughs> The Jews are liars and false worshipers of God, and blacks are the true chosen people and are racially superior to other ethnicities. And they say that they're the ones that come from the the ten tribes of Israel. So, yeah, they're also mentioned in, uh, I think, this this one, uh, what's that one website that that mentions... uh, dangerous groups out there oh yeah i, I know what you're talking about I can't yeah the, uh, the southern california poverty law center they have them they have them listed yeah as 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 a, as a dangerous group and, yeah. and again they made threats to the people the police were called people prayed they're continually praying but like i say we just need to protect our churches Jess, uh this right now i want to uh, set the stage for cardinal arenzi uh on his question about politicians who want to receive politicians who are for killing unborn babies, whether they should be able to receive Holy Communion. Cardinal Renzi's retired now, but he was in charge of liturgy, and he was a very straight, uh, straight bishop. He was from um, from uh, Africa. Um, I want to say not Uganda, um, the most populated um, state. It's Catholics. They're fire. Oh, I can't think of the country where he's from, Jess. But Me neither. Yeah. But anyhow, let's play the clip and set up why they're asking him the question. And he makes it really quite simple. So I want to, uh, Mr. Engineer, could you play that clip, please? To the person who says, personally, I am against abortion. Okay. But then uh, if people want to do it, 
I leave them free. You could say, you are a member of the Senate or the Congress. Personally, I am not in favor of shooting the whole lot of you. <laughs> but, but if somebody else wants to shoot all of you in the Senate or all of you in Congress, it's just pro-choice for that person. <laughs> but personally, personally, I'm not in favor. That is what he is saying. He is saying that personally, he is not in favor of killing these millions of children in the womb. But if others want to do it, it's pro-choice. That's what he is saying. And then you ask me, what does the Holy See do? Why doesn't the Pope send 12 Swiss guards to arrest, <laughs> arrest them all? <laughs> you may have heard about a letter which the present Holy Father, as Prefect of the Congregation for Doctrine, sent to American bishops on that issue. So the matter is very clear. Once people ask me, if a person votes for abortion, can the person receive Holy Communion? My reply was, do you really need a cardinal from the Vatican to answer that? Get the children for First Communion and say to them, somebody votes for the killing of unborn babies and says, I voted for that, I will vote for that every time. And these babies are killed, not one or two, but in millions. And that person says, I'm a practicing Catholic. Should that person receive communion next Sunday? The children for First Communion will answer you that at the drop of a hat. <laughs> you don't need a cardinal to answer that. Cardinal Renzi from Nigeria. There what a great go, Nigeria. bishop. Yep. What a great uh, bishop. Well, the, the new cardinal that just made, made, made cardinal, yeah, uh, yeah, McElroy, God have mercy on him. Has, has said the exact opposite yep. of Cardinal Renzi That's on it. this matter. Yep. This is the key to Japan, Terry, coming back exactly, to life right now in our, in our day and age. Exactly. That bishops would, uh, and bishops and cardinals and cardinals would uh, speak out and contradict each other. We're seeing it right now. Terry, I also want to, I want to listen to another small Good. transcript yeah. about, uh, it's from Edify. Yep. This is, uh, oh, this from, is Catholic. It's from CatholicVote.org. Uh, Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip on how Speaker finally denied Holy Communion? All right. He doesn't have that one. It's okay. We got that. Oh. Jess, why don't you describe? Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, you're right, Rich. Uh, that's not that. That's for the next one. You're right. Let me. Do, yeah. Let me just mention about. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi finally denied Holy Communion. It yep. was my, my error, Richard. Yeah, I didn't send it to you. This is just a script. Yep. Um, faithful Catholics everywhere are celebrating Archbishop Salvatore Colioni's recent pastoral move to ban pro-abortion politician Nancy Pelosi from Holy Communion. But many are still asking, why did he take so long? After all, he's been Pelosi's Archbishop for 10 years. Uh, Rep Representative Nancy Pelosi, Democrat from California, who's been there for decades and decades, Speaker of the House, she said this, quote, This is about freedom, about freedom of women to have a choice about the size and timing of their families. 
not the business of people on the court or members of Congress, close quote. Nancy Pelosi has championed pro-abortion bills her entire 35 years as a California congresswoman while wearing her faith on her blood-stained sleeve. Well said. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi said this, Oh, I come to this as a Catholic mother of five. Finally, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Corleone is, is barring Pelosi from Holy Communion. His announcement Friday dominated headlines last Friday, and faithful Catholics are jubilant, yet perplexed over the timing. Archbishop Salvatore Corleone, he said this, quote, But more recently, with her advocacy, her codifying the role of decision into federal law, it's becoming more and more extreme and more and more aggressive, close quote. In his letter to the House Speaker, Corleone warned Pelosi of the grave evil she's perpetrating and the danger to her own soul she's risking, warning she deserved publicly, war, warnings, by the way, she deserved publicly long before now. Yep. And Pelosi lamented the other day on MSNBC, she said the people criticizing abortion's legality are the same people who are against contraceptives, family planning, and in vitro fertilization, close quote. So, Terry, Nancy Pelosi, who calls herself a devout Catholic like Joe Biden, is on the opposite side of the fence of the Catholic Church's magisterial teaching, virtually, Terry, on all the life issues. Here's my take. Here's my my summary. Go ahead. Nancy Pelosi is one of the most powerful, evil, female politicians in the world. She's powerful because she has direct access to the Pope and the President with one phone call. In my take, she's a modern-day Queen Jezebel. Yeah, there you go. Jezebel was the the most wicked woman that ever lived in, in, in the Old Testament. There's a poet that once wrote, I forget the poet's name, he said, quote, Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Close quote. This is Pelosi. <laughs> yeah. Now, now it's easy to Monday night quarterback that because you're not the Archbishop of San Francisco. Remember, that's where the Church of Satan was started. And that's the headquarters of the homosexual movement around the country, San Francisco. That city is swarming with demons. Yep. And it's swarming with a lot of money from, from uh, you know, the Silicon Valley. A lot of leftist dollars are there. Plus, you have many homosexual-friendly priests in the diocese, and you have only less than 15 bishops out of 300 in the U.S. that are actually backing up Corleone, you know, outspoken. That's why it took him so long, Terry. Yeah. Because as he gets older, like we do, yep. and he comes more in contact with his mortality, oh, yeah. he finally said, you know what? It's time to confront Queen Jezebel. Uh, I, I, I can't just call her up and send her letters. It's time to confront her nationally. And that has also spurred on a dozen or two other bishops to speak up on this issue. For example, after this show, Bishop Strickland's going to talk exclusively with us here at Virgin Most Powerful about the Archbishop's decision and how he supports it 110%. Jess, I got one more comment, my take on this. It's a little different. And that is, I think a lot of these bishops look at leadership and go, "Mm, what's the Vatican saying? What's the Holy Father saying? And they go, you know what? I better not make a move because I can be removed. Now, there's a handful of bishops yeah. who can care less about that, and they just do what they think's best. And I think uh, what you just said about Archbishop Cordelion, that he actually realizes he's my age. We're very six months apart. 
And I know him quite well, and I think he did that. I think he tried to reach out to her, but his conscience was bothering him. He doesn't want to go to his exit interview and say, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And then let me give you my final thought on this. Pope Francis has made it clear on the plane that he he's never refused anyone Holy Communion. And I'm sorry to say, maybe he's not run into objective sinners in politics in Argentina. I doubt it. But my point to him is, I, I think that with all due respect to the Holy Father, that leadership right there is a bad message because that doesn't support what the Bible says about receiving Holy Communion unworthily. And so that's my take on that topic. And again, I realized Jesse and Terry, when we were on national radio, we could have shut our mouths. We didn't. That's why we got taken off and started our own Virgin Most Powerful Radio. It was our decision, but we think in our exit interview, our Lord's going to bless us for that. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. We'll be back with more on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Fewer and fewer children are growing up with two parents in the household. Divorce rates remain high. Uh, Cohabitation is common and acceptable. Lessening commitment. How has the government encouraged these detrimental trends? And why are they worsening? I want you to listen to Helen Olvari. She's a professor of law at George Mason University. She's going to explain this. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? Recently published data from the U.S. Census shows three troubling trends for children and families in the United States. First, fewer than 18% of U.S. households are married families with minor children. Second, about four in 10 children are born to unmarried parents. Third, by senior year in high school, only about 50% of American children will have been continuously raised by their married birth parents. Why are these shifts worsening? Law and culture are both playing important roles. Divorce rates remain high. There are many pregnancies among the unmarried because of non-marital sex, the widespread distribution and failure rates of contraception, and the legalization of abortion. Legal abortion has lessened the sense of responsibility and the inclination to get married when the woman is pregnant. Cohabitation has become common and acceptable and has lessened commitment. Statistically, cohabitation before marriage is one of the strongest predictors of divorce. And fewer people subscribe to religious traditions that have long encouraged and supported stable marriage and marital parenting. All of this is happening in a culture that tends to celebrate the individual and material wealth and has an inconsistent relationship with marriage and motherhood. On the one hand, it celebrates them. And on the other, it often portrays them as the graveyards of freedom and a raw deal for women. Government policies regularly exacerbate the problem. States grant no-fault divorces even over the strong objections of one spouse. Politicians label groups who advocate for married parenting bigots. Some government-sponsored sex ed programs normalize non-marital sex. And some tax and welfare policies even penalize marriage. Why is this all so problematic? First, because it's the opposite of what most Americans want. 
Survey after survey shows that a large majority of Americans still want faithful, lasting marriage. Second, because these trends hurt both children and other vulnerable Americans. Scholars on the left and on the right increasingly agree that the best place for children is within the stable marriage of their mom and dad. On average, children who enjoy this kind of family life, no matter their race or economic background, have academic, emotional, economic, and many other kinds of advantages. So if all of this is so well known, why aren't we doing better for children and for other vulnerable members of society? Perhaps because family values became a partisan issue and associated with one political party instead of a goal of all Americans. There's also Americans' hesitancy to tell other people what to do when it comes to sex, marriage, and parenting. Perhaps it's because the problem doesn't affect better off and college-educated Americans at the same level. Among these groups, rates of unmarried parenting and divorce are actually relatively low. It's also because not enough Americans are involved yet in the effort to stabilize marriage and encourage parenting within marriage. Helping vulnerable Americans achieve their hopes for marriage and helping their children succeed is a civil rights, a human rights cause of the first order. There are religious and secular groups working hard today, often together, to make this hope a reality. Faith and reason go hand in hand in this work, complementing and strengthening one another. This work has the potential to bridge so many social divides and to give children of every background a level playing field. I'm Helen Alvare, Professor of Law at the Scalia Law School of George Mason University for Edify. Wow. The Catholic Church has the answer. There, I, that's what I wrote down, right? Jesse, you just took the words out of my mouth. Yep. Yeah, th- yeah. The Catholic Church is the only religion in the world yep. That doesn't sanction divorce. Yep. The only religion in the world that doesn't sanction divorce. The Catholic Church is the religion that gave women dignity, equality, uh, you know, uh, the the rights that they enjoy now in Western civilization. That's because of the Catholic faith, because of the teachings of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It wasn't wasn't some, you know, feminist in the 60s, you know, uh, that gave women the rights that they have today. All of this came when Jesus Christ, uh, in in the scriptures, he he gave women the dignity that they deserve equal to men. And St. Paul wrote, wrote uh, scriptures such as, you know, there's no, there's neither slave nor free men, male nor female. We are all one in Christ. It was that worldview that gave us, that gave us the greatest generate or the greatest civilization that we've ever seen on planet earth called western civilization that was given to us by christianity but terry now we got secular humanist forces coming back in they're trying to tear down these marxist communist forces are trying to tear down what the church built up yeah jesse you nailed it and and again the catholic church is the answer i mean it's the family stupid i mean you remember bush when he used to say back in the 90s it's the economy stupid no it's the family, and only the Catholic Church has the fullness of the faith. When she talked about faith and reason in her little presentation, of course, that's the Catholic faith. I don't, you know, this is what um, blows me away is that here we have the answer for the culture, and people, even in our church, Jesse, 
are not proclaiming that, and they're wanting to just dialogue with the uh, secular groups. And I'm saying, why can't we just say, folks, this is what the answer is. We've had it in divine revelation. This is our position. Look at what we've done in 2,000 years of teaching people about the meaning and purpose of life. And not be ashamed of it. It's almost like we can't speak like this, Jesse, because, oh, separation of church and state, baloney. So I think what Helen uh, did here was a real good service to all of us to realize the incredible crisis of family life. Think about what she said about by the time a senior in high school, 50% of those kids don't have mom and dad living at home. That's tragic, Jesse. Terry, there's three ways to view women. Yeah. And uh, you got the secular view of a woman, which is basically women are objects to be used right. and cleaned out and reused over and over again. Yep. Uh, the secular view of women, they reduce women to their body parts. They just look at women for their body parts. And, and, that's, and that's why you have a lot of women that have bought into it. Yep. They're racing to get facelifts and breast augmentation and buttocks injections yep. and buttocks. Why? Because they're saying, this is what guys want. They just want to look at my body parts. So the secular view of women degrades women, yep. dehumanizes them, and they've lost sight of their dignity as women, as, something, as to be respected and worthy of esteem because they're made in the image and likeness of God. Now, the second view of women in the world is the Islamic view of women. And, th and that particular view of women is that women are property. Women are second-class citizens. And women are basically incubators for men. Then you have the third view of women. This is the Catholic view of women. This is the view, the Catholic society, where we look at women and we say they're made in the image and likeness of God. They are equal to us ontologically, though we have different roles. And they're the weaker vessel that must be protected. We must provide for them and we must lead them to holiness and to heaven. So there, there's three distinct views of women and only the Catholic view of women affords them respect and dignity. Well said. Jesse, I wanted to take a minute because um, we're going to have Father Chad Ripper come on in the next segment. I wanted to just point out something that I mentioned to you on our trip to Sacramento where there were supposed to be 20,000 people mm -hmm. praying for priests at a big football stadium, and less than 300 people came. And I was with Father Don Calloway, and i got to tell you, with Father Don Calloway, that place should have been filled. Absolutely. But it, what, it, what it really shows me, Jesse, is we got a lot of work ahead of us, okay? And what I mean by that is there's, the church is in such bad shape because— I'm going to be honest with you. Poor leadership. Okay, go. where's the church going? Where its leaders take them? We as lay people need to step up to the plate right now when it comes to helping people meet Christ. And we want to keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ. And not so much, I mean, yeah, we heard about the, the uh, Bishop of San Diego being a cardinal. Not a good idea. Look at what he teaches, contrary to what the church teaches. Do I know why that happens? I know. And you know what? I'm not in management. I'm in sales. So I would ask our listeners to stay focused on Jesus Christ, not so much on the politics that are going on in the church and the bad decisions that are being made from top to bottom, because that can depress you. How do you stay focused? You have a strong faith. Keep your faith strong by staying close to Jesus in the sacraments, especially the Most Holy Eucharist, getting to confession on a regular basis. I had someone tell me, why should I go to confession? They're saying that everybody's saved. Everybody goes to heaven. 
And I say, well, you know what? That's a lie. Just don't don't listen to it. What does the church teach officially on this? That's what we need to keep our minds and sights on. Not what some priest, bishop, or cardinal said. Even the Pope might say something that is not consistent with what the church teaches. We reject that. Why? Because we have a magisterium that teaches what we have been teaching forever. And again, so, go ahead, That's Jeff. what some people call eternal Rome. Yeah. In other words, eternal Rome has always taught, for example, that uh, well, homosexuality— yeah. The homosexual act is intrinsically can't evil. That's eternal Rome. Yep. Now, present Rome may have a different opinion. Yeah. But, Terry, we have to go with eternal Rome. That's right. It's been taught from Peter all the way yep. to, the, to the very present moment. That's called eternal Rome. And so we, we, we can't change because society changes. Right. And, and what I'm saying, Jess, too, is don't put your faith in any man. Okay. The Bible tells us not to. It's, and what does the psalm have to say about Psal- the psalm says at least two, in two psalms twice. it says do, do not do not put your trust in men, put yep. your trust in God. Yeah, that's a biblical approach, and that's what we have here at Biblical Worldview at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And as I mentioned on the last segment, Jess and I get in trouble. Why? Because we never compromise. Please, God, with the grace of God, we will never compromise on the faith. And we ask you, our listeners, to keep your eyes on Jesus, because that's who's going to judge you at your exit interview. When we come back, Father Chad Ripperger's got some good things on spiritual warfare and communism. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse, I jumped in because I wanted to quote St. Padre Peel, before you introduced Father Chad Ripperger, mm-hmm. I think it's appropriate. I don't know if you've heard this quote, but St. Padre Peel said, the number of devils active in the world is greater than all the people who have been alive since Adam. Wow. I, never if, I know, I know. This is one from Bishop Strickland that he's going to come on after our show here. He says from Adam, now, if they all took on bodily form, they would blot out the light of the sun. Okay, and then Padre Peel says, I don't have a minute of free time. It's, it is all spent releasing my brothers from the grip of Satan, Padre mm. Pio. I just thought that was appropriate to introduce Woo. Father Chad. <laughs> yeah, Terry, Father Ripperger, a friend of the show, he's in 47, they're like three to five minute videos yeah. on communism. Right. But these 47 short little videos that are on YouTube, there, he also shows the similarities between, uh, between communist behavior and and demonic behavior. Yeah. And so I think they're, they're small little snippets, but they're gold because, again, uh, it, he just shows the symbol. In other words, the behavior that we see with these communist Marxists in our country and around the world, this this comes this comes from hell. The, the, their, their behavior is consistent with demons. And so uh, we're going to play two clips. We'll play the first one uh, for Father Ripper who talks about a pro spiritual warfare and communism and protest, Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? When demons want something, they constantly barrage the individual in order to get it. In other words, they're unrelenting and they have their, uh, the person finds himself under constant attack. It just seems unrelentless. You can't seem to get out from underneath it. When they are told no, that is when the demons are told no, they protest vociferously as if somehow or another their rights are being violated or somehow or another that 
that you're holding something them to which they have a right if they think they can still get it. In other words, if they think that they can obtain something from the person, if they realize they're not going to get it, then they just go somewhere else because they're somewhat efficient in their um, process of uh, attack or in their uh, engaging in the spiritual warfare. But if they think they can get it, they become very vociferous in their protesting. Communists, in, a using, in addition to using the power structure, they use the various mechanisms within a culture to advance their cause. In other words, they take a look at the, the lay of the land and they say, this will work to our advantage. Mm. They use the right of free speech to protest. And we've mentioned this already that, you know, they protest. They begin the practice of protesting incessantly. In other words, when they protest, they simply don't stop because they want to wear people down and bludgeon them into accepting. They know that most people, most people will very often, after they've been constantly harangued about something, simply give the thing to the individual to shut them up. Well, in a very similar way, the, the communists do the same thing as the demons. If they think they can gain something, they just continuously, vociferously protest. So it's protest, 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 and it just doesn't seem to stop. To give you the sense that, you know, that, that you ultimately, they're just going to wear you down. It is for this reason that Saul Alinsky, in the Rules for Radicals, states in Rule Number Eight, "Keep the pressure on, never let up." Wow, fascinating insight. This is this man's been an exorcist for fifteen years. Wow, he gets the worst cases in the country. Uh, yeah. In other words, when uh, when 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 people have bad cases in a diocese, like the worst cases, they'll send them to him. And so he has a deep understanding from being a Thomistic philosopher and an exorcist from uh, seeing this basically Monday through Friday. He has a deep understanding on the behavior of demons. And Terry, these 47 videos, he essentially says that demonic behavior is completely compatible and consistent and symbiotic with communist behavior. Yeah. Well, guess what, Terry? This is what we're fighting in our country. Yeah. The Democrat Party has embraced communism. They just call themselves a Democrat Party, right. but they're basically the Democrat Socialist Party of America today. And so this is very insightful because what he just said here is, you know, uh, you know, uh, demons are, 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 are unrelenting, you know, vociferous. They use power structures to, to try to, you know, move their cause. Uh, they protest, protest, protest. Uh, and he says, this is exactly what communists do. This is exactly what we're seeing in America right now. Yeah, see, think about what you just said and think about the decision on Roe versus Wade that's going to be coming out and see how <clears throat> the people have been trying to stop this. They're using those same tactics is what I'm they're, saying. They're using, they're using Selenensky rule number eight, exactly. keep the pressure on, never let up, protest, protest, protest. And and, and again, they, again, Father Ripperger says, just like demons... He says, communists, they'll protest until people just say, okay, okay, I'm done, yeah. all right, already. Yeah, you you throw your down. hands up, yep. yeah, and you just basically give in to the individual just to shut them up. Yep. He's, yeah, and this is exactly what you see, that the, the, the tactics that the communists in this country are using. Uh, again, they keep the pressure on, they never let up. Like you said, Roe versus Wade is a classic. Here's another one, Terry, is a classic example. How, how, long, how, how many years now have we, have we been fighting this... Uh, these drag queen uh, library sessions with our with children. Yeah, I mean, 
they don't let up, Terry. They no. keep the pressure on. And just uh, some good Catholics just told me to admit, on June 4th, I heard many Catholics, yep. Yep. Uh, June 4th, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., and, and, and Mr. Mister in Dallas, Dallas, Texas, a, uh, it's, a, it's a rosary rally to protest, drag your kids to pride. A Dallas gay bar is hosting an event called Drag Your Kids to Pride, a family-friendly drag show. The event will allow kids to perform on stage with drag queens. Uh, it will include drinks with inappropriate names and explicit decorations. So uh, let's ask the Sacred Heart of Jesus and Our Lady's intercession for the repentance, penance, and conversion of all sinners on this first Saturday of the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Awesome. Bring your rosaries, crucifixes, icon, and Catholic flags. That's going to be June 4th, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, at Mr. Mr. Dallas in Texas. Awesome. And Jesse, we just got word of a family in St. Louis area. They had that. They uh, they protested the li- the public library for uh, this kind of material, what we call pornographic material, and they got it out. We have to speak up. That's the message. Jess, do we have another clip? Yeah, we got Father one more video from Father Rippergris on a crisis. Can you put it on, Mr. Henry? Yeah. yeah. It's called Spiritual Warfare and Com- Communism yep. Crisis. Yep. And it's Father Rupert's reflections once again. Well, I don't know if we're going to get that on, but just okay. I I, I know what he said he, in in the video. He said that demons create a crisis. In oh, here comes demons create crises in two ways. The first by slowly building up the pressure so that it gets to the point where it reaches a crisis level. In other words, you just keep the pressure on until the person finally snaps, or by broadsiding the individual with a form of attack which destabilizes him, his psychological situation, briefly, even if just briefly, during which time they can then take advantage of the individual. In other words, they create the crisis so that the person isn't in a position to defend themselves or to maintain an orderly conduct. Communists do the same thing. They create crises in the exact same way as demons do. One, they slowly build up the pressure, which gets to the point where it uh, gets to a crisis level. For example, the constant protesting and then rioting, which is then the next step because the rioting follows the protesting. And then after that, the governmental overthrow. So that's kind of the progression. This is what we have learned from them and observing their historically in other countries. You just look at this as how they've proceeded. So they're doing the same thing in the United States. And that's another sign that it's diabolic because demons are phenomenally consistent, even though to us as human beings, they seem random. And that's only because of the fact that we don't understand their tactics and methodology. They are phenomenally consistent. They always tend to doing the same thing over and over again. It's just that we as human beings are pretty clueless, and so we tend to get suckered in by them. The other way that communists do it is by creating false flags. And false flags are of two kinds. First, they do some kind of terrorist activity or some kind of traumatizing event in a localized area. And then from that, they use it politically to advance their agenda. Like the text shooting. They create the problem and then act as if they are the solution to the problem. So they create the crises and then blame others for the crises and act that they are the only solution to the crisis. The second type of false flag is something which they did not cause, but which is a terrorist act or which did cause trauma or difficulty for a particular uh, culture, location, society. 
which is traumatizing in such a way that they take advantage of it. This is why Rahm Emanuel made the observation, never let a crisis go to waste. In other words, he was not interested in the well-being, just as demons are not interested in the well-being of the individual that they are attacking. Communists are not interested in the well-being of the people under them. They're only interested in how they can make use of these crises in order to advance their agenda. Creating crises and false flags is nothing new. It's Historically, it's been around for millennia and has many precedents in history, but the communists have perfected the process. Wow, Terry, it really great. Yes, can He's, I just ask one question? You're yeah, a policeman. I'm listening to that, and I'm relating it to the Texas shooter, exactly. the 18-year-old kid, okay? The guy had to spend at least five grand to get the guns that he had and the ammunition. And he had no money. And that's my question, Jess. Is it? Am I? Am I onto something? Doesn't that smell kind of suspicious? It smells something rushing. Some, okay, there's something so I'm onto it. I, I, yeah, I wanted to ask you. Just, I just wanted your opinion because that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, Terry. This uh, again, like you said, the communists they create a crisis, mm -hmm. then they start protesting and they start rioting. Then they want governmental overthrow. Wow. To me. Uh, it wouldn't we live in such evil times right now yeah it wouldn't it, it wouldn't me. it wouldn't surprise me uh, if somebody you. put this young kid up to it That's where bought I was the going. rounds bought the guns yep. you know this malformed misfit without a father and a mother yep. uh, a, a, a smoking pot every day and says hey you know what here go do this and shoot up the school and uh you know he also was a homosexual in a sense a transgender. So yep. these are all things that are demonic. Okay? He was mentally disordered. Yes. It's, it's easy to get somebody like that uh, who has nothing to live for okay. to go and uh, shoot up a school. I'm just yeah. wondering, Terry, there's got to be. Oh. And then all of a sudden, the big, hey, we've got to take away everybody's guns. Yeah, well, that's very interesting. Case. Very yep. interesting. Hey, up next, Bishop Joseph Strickland here on Virgin yeah. Most Powerful. You want to hear what he has to say about Pelosi and much more on his hour here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Just the most important question ever is, what state should we be living in, brother? I'm going to say this until I drop dead. Amen. Let's live in a state of grace. Let's, let's live, don't live in a state of mortal sin. Pray your rosaries every day. Go to Mass as often as possible. Love Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Surrender your heart to Him. Consecrate your life to Him. A call on the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Queen Mother. Stay close to Jesus and Mary, but don't trust uh, as the Bible says, do not put your trust in men. Amen. Put your trust in Jesus Christ and the Queen Mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Amen. Stay with us, folks. Get our app at virginvmpr.org, and you'll be able to hear Bishop Joseph Strickland up next here on vmpr.org.